0: I've got a question for you. How many of you have ever bought something from Ikea? Raise your hand right now. You've bought something from Ikea. You got caught in that trap. Okay, you guys know what I'm talking about. See, this is what happens. Ikea is a store of displays. You guys if you guys know what I'm talking about if you get there. If you've never been there, it's a giant store. It's two stories tall. It's filled with displays. So when you're going in, they capture your heart and attention by making you think that you're buying these certain items, which you are. I'll get there in a minute. But what happens is they've got these beautiful displays all set up uh, of living rooms and dining rooms and kitchens and they have the fake fruit and they have everything put together and they have the throw uh, uh, rugs and all the, the, the table decorations and everything pulled together. So you walk in and like, I want my house to look like this or I want my bedroom to look like this. So you grab the little tag And you go up there and say, I need this item. And they say, no problem. We'll load it up for you. And it's a box that's this big. And you're like, how in the world is that beautiful living room or that beautiful uh, bookshelf or whatever in that box? It's all in many, many, many pieces. All broke down in that box with a little bag full of screws that you'll probably lose half of them as you can put it together. And then the adventure begins. It should come with a soundtrack in Mission Impossible as you begin to put that that bookshelf together or whatever. But then you've got the task or the job that you have to begin one piece by one piece putting it all together. But they say it's okay because there's an instruction manual. And you open it up and they'll be like, step one, open the box. Step two, and here's the truth of the matters. I am the type of guy that usually I can put projects together by just looking at the box. Then I get all the way to the end and realize that that one thing was supposed to go on way back here, and I left it out, and I have to tear the whole thing apart. So don't do that. It doesn't work that way. But I I love the fact that they give you instructions. They're going to guide you through that. They're going to tell you exactly how it comes together. I started thinking when it comes to us as Christians, a lot of times the plan for making disciples or helping people, they get saved, they come in the church or whatever it is, and they're a matter of, we say these to them, you need to grow in Jesus, and they're standing there going, what, what does that mean? You, you, need, you need to serve Jesus with all your heart, or you need to make a difference with your life. And a lot of times we're sitting there going, what does that mean? I think we throw out terms and ideas so much that we don't understand that not everybody gets it. I'm, I'm thankful that God had a plan. He said in the first message that we had in this, we were talking about Ecclesia, the church. He said, upon this rock... I will build my church. The word build means to edify, build up, assemble, make strong. That's what he said he was going to do. A lot of times God has a plan, and it's all in the Bible. If you don't understand it, God has a plan to build your life. God has a plan to build you as a Christian. God has a plan to make you a better father, a better mother, better grandparents. God has a plan for every single person to know how to live pure and how to live, follow God. He has a plan. It's all in here. But then the idea is that we have to have, as a church, an execution of the plan. We have to have the application. Let me give you an illustration. The Bible doesn't say, thou shalt come together on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. It doesn't say that. But we come together with a practical reason of applying the principles of God's Word. So we've got to take the Word of God and we've got to execute it in our lives. Today I'm going to be wrapping up this series by talking about moving forward with a plan. And I know for a lot of these things that I'm going to be talking about today, they're going to be very basic. But I think the idea of them being so basic is why they're so important. Some of the things won't be basic. Some of the things just need to be lived out, applied, remembered. Talking about making us strong Christians. Talking about making and following God on this path that he has for us. So the guy that we were talking about last couple weeks, Saul. That, became, that was uh, turned into Paul, and God used him as a minister of the gospel. He's now writing this passage in Ephesians 4. So if you can go with me to Ephesians 4, we're going to go all the way down through this chapter and pull out the points. As we study this of what he's talking to the church. The church of Ephesians was the church of Ephesus. They were, they were a body of believers just like we are. He wrote this letter to them to instruct them how to follow God and how to grow in their faith. And he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, That you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Now, that terminology is used a lot in Scripture. The idea that that the the walk of God or the journey of God is motion. It's where we got the idea of even doing this sermon series of going forward. It's the idea, he said, that, that you walk worthy of the vocation. Saul or Paul in other parts of the Scripture, he said, I've run the race that is set before me. It's the idea of motion. It's the idea of growth. It's the idea of forward motion. So he's talking about steps that we take, talking about the walk of God that we go on, the mission that we go on when we do this. A couple of weeks ago, when we were talking through this, and I was talking about Saul being led by Ananias, and then Ananias trains him to follow uh, God, and then Saul turns around and does the, other thing, the same thing with other people, and he said it like this, Be followers of me, even as, as I am of, of Christ. So the idea is we're always following Christ. Now the idea when he called the disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now I'm building up and I know I'm really hammering this as I'm talking about this. But the idea is follow me as I follow Christ. The disciples, when Jesus called them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'll lead you somewhere. Psalm 37 verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Again, what do we have? It's just one step at a time. It's a process. It's a plan. It's an execution of the things of God. We're always growing. Let me tell you guys right now, nobody in this building has arrived. I know sometimes it's like, well, Pastor, you know how long I've been saved. You know how long I've been in church. Well, praise God, I appreciate your faithfulness, but that doesn't mean you've arrived. No, We never arrive. We're always growing. We're always learning. God's always working on us. He said, so I'm going to walk worthy of the vocation wherein I was called. Man, I I love even that. God, God calls us. He reaches out to us and says, hey, Tony, I've got good plans for you. Come this way. And I begin on this journey of following God. And I tell you, I've been in ministry for 20 years, and I've been married for 24 years, and I've had all this. But I've never arrived. I'm still following the call of God. But how do we do this? This is the ecclesia part. This is the church, the living stones, the body of Christ, With lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, for bearing one another in love. We talked about these aspects, that we're identified by our love. We're coming together. We're to be patient and caring. We're not perfect, but we've got to fight for this. Verse 3, he said, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Because as children of God and as Christians and his people, we struggle with each other. Has anybody ever irritated you before? Has anybody, maybe just to be, uh, let's see how honest, with did anybody irritate you this morning already, okay? Wow, we've got some honest people. Let me just tell you guys, when the husband and the wife's hand goes up, you're kind of telling on yourselves right there. We, we can meet out the church and talk about that. It's all good. But he said, we, we have to fight for that. There is one body and one spirit as they are called and one hope of your calling. Man, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's not divided. We're all together. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So powerful what he says. He said the church is all about Jesus. As you move forward, it's not about you. It's not making you more popular. It's not about being big shots in the church. It's all about Jesus Christ. Every pastor that gets on this stage has one objective. We point to Jesus Christ. Every leader has one job. You point to Jesus Christ. Okay, who comes in here? What background they have? We're all sinners saved by grace pointing others to Jesus Christ. If you have a spot you've been sitting in there for 10 years, be a servant. Give up your seat for somebody else because it doesn't belong to you. It all belongs to Jesus Christ. Churches die when they start making it about themselves and protecting themselves and building up themselves. Man, we serve Jesus Christ. It's all about him. Jump to verse 10. We'll come back to the other verses. He that had descended in the same also that descended from above all heavens, that he might fill all things. He had a plan. He he, he has an agenda. He's going to accomplish something. Verse 11 blows my mind of how he does it. Because remember I told you, God works through people. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. These are all leaders. This, is, this would be the Ananias that we talked about. This would be Paul that we're talking about. This would be John Sullivan in our church and, and, and Chris Andrews in our church and Tony Liuzzo in our church and Bryce and Dave and all of us that are in our church. That he, he calls some of us and he has some teachers and, he, and we, we have Stacey Baird and some of you and we have teachers and junior church teachers and disciple makers and life group leaders to do what oh it's so cool he had a plan said i'm going to fulfill something through this here's the plan you ready now how to execute it i'm going to explain because every church is different for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ it was a plan you know what I also like about it is the fact that even God put it out as, a, as steps. It's, it's for the ed- perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. He, he had a plan. He had a process to bring us through. Now, the word perfecting is cool. It means to completely furnish. You guys ever noticed when we come to know Jesus Christ, we're usually a work in progress We're always a work in progress. None of it, you know. I mean, we're we're rough around the edges, and we have problems with this and problems with that, and we have maybe addictions and backgrounds and all these different things that we're doing. But the the root word of that perfecting of what we're doing is literally to repair, to adjust, to fit or frame or mend, to make join together, to restore. I, I love how when Saul was saved and he was pulled in by Ananias, that God didn't just leave him there. God began to pay, take out the spiritual chisel and begin to work on his life. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's uncomfortable, isn't it? When God says, yeah, that language that you're doing, yeah, that, that's got to go. And God begins to change us. He's working on us. And, and like I said, along the way, none of us ever arrive. We're all a work in progress. The, Paul even put it like this, be confident in this very thing. He which begun a good work will can perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Along the way, no matter where you're at on your journey of following Jesus Christ, God's still working on you. There's a danger if anybody says, Man, I, I, I've learned all that I can learn. Man, you, you haven't learned about pride yet. I guess that hasn't been a lesson. <laughs> because you never arrive. We're always growing and always working on things as we do this. But God had a plan. The first aspect of this plan is the perfecting of the saints. What is that? How do we apply that? Now, I'm going to give you guys some basic steps because some of these things are going to be like, well, duh, but I'm telling you guys, even in our culture today, let me explain that we have a plan for doing these things. Here's step one that we want to lead, to, lead people to, to help them as a corporate body of believers, as a church, to help people grow in their faith, to help them become a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ. Step number one, we worship together on Sundays. You say, why, why is that? Well, because I grew up and my mom and dad drugged me to church and we had a little class and we sang the songs and we had final graph and now it's just a tradition that I do. You realize that it's not just a tradition that we do, that God had a plan for it. The plan for God bringing his people together was the perfecting of the saints to repair, to build up, to join together, to restore them in their lives. So how do you do that? That's great, God had a plan for why we do that. Our purpose and plan for Sunday worship is to build lives through the preaching of God's word. It's weird. Preaching is weird. Isn't it kind of weird? It's like we're all going to gather in a room and some dude's going to run around on the stage and, 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 and try to explain it. And I, I know for us because it's a matter of couldn't I just stay at home and read this and be okay? And yes, you should go home and read this and you will do great. But even being at home and reading is in a substitution for what we're doing here. And I think a lot of people say, well, I can just read my Bible at home and I'll be fine. And you should do that. But it's not a substitute. You see, Paul told Timothy, he said, I charge thee before God. Now listen how important this is that he's saying. I charge you before God and Lord Jesus Christ. That you, that you, who shall judge the quick, the alive, and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom? That's pretty heavy. He's literally talking to me. It'd be like God talking to me saying, hey, Tony, I'm calling you out. I charge you. I I, I put you into this business. I I, I bring you into this vocation of life to do this. By the way, I charge you before the one that's gonna judge the, the alive and the living one day. You've got a responsibility. You know what that responsibility is? Preach the Word. Preach the Word. I know I'm funny to look at, and I'm bald, and I mess up the English language, and I trip over my words all the time, and I know that, but let me tell you this. I've got a calling on my life to preach the Word, and there is a calling on our life to receive the word of God that is preached. And I know you sit there and say, I don't understand the big deal. God works through people. It's neat how God always will minister to people through people. If, if you go to the hospital, there's going to be people that come in and try to help you. God works through people, physically and spiritually through life. And he, and he told him, he said, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who's going to judge the quick and the dead, is going to reach people by the preaching of the word he said, you got to be instant in season and out of season and reprove, rebuke, exhort, long-suffering of God. He's literally saying the Word of God, as you take the Word of God and you break it down and God uses to speak to me to speak to you, God's going to take the Word of God and maybe put it in a way or an illustration or a story or a thought to help you understand. It's important what we're doing right now. It's important that we gather together, not for taking the assembling of yourself. Together. It's important for those that have tuned in right now. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking time to hear the preaching of the word of God. It's important that we do this because it has an effect on us to hear from God. The word preach means as a public crier, especially divine truth of the gospel to proclaim and publish the word of God. What he's saying like this is we set a time in our lives And this is important for us to understand because this is Bible. You guys understand that I'm not just making this up as I do this. It is important for us to set aside time in our lives that we literally sit down, take out our Bibles, and hear the Word of God preached to our hearts and minds. It's important. And it's not because it's important that you hear Pastor Tony. There's a lot of preachers that God uses. There's a lot of people on, on TV and all the different things that we have, and we have all these resources and stuff, but it's important that you're connected to a body of believers that we together can allow the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts. And by the way, I said this, if preachers get up and they're not using the Word of God, I'd walk out of that church because it's not a real church. It's a club. It's a gathering. It's, it's, it's a, it might be fun to hang out like that, but that's not. The preaching of the Word of God is why we gather together with this it's not about my words, Paul said to them, and, they, and he said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Man, thank God, because I don't have a lot of wisdom to give you guys. And you're like, we know that. So I was like, But demonstration of the spirit and of power. Man, it, it's, it's not what I have in my head, it's what I have in my heart because of the spirit of God working through our lives. It's the spirit of God dwelling in us. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul was telling him, this is how we bring people. We're talking about the perfecting of the saints. I'm talking about step one right here. People come in and say, what do I do? Hear the word of God. What do I do? Receive the word of God. I tell you, it's important. You say, I don't understand it. God has a plan because he gave some apostles and pastors and teachers and preachers for the perfecting of the saints through the preaching of the word of God. You say, why are you saying that is a big deal? Because I think a lot of times when we're saying, where do I start... And you say, I'm out of church, I'd say get in church. If I'm unfaithful to church, get consistent to church. If you're coming to church, make sure you're receiving the word of God. Something cool that we have inside all of your church center apps. If you pull it up on one of the front pages, uh, the front pages of it, it has sermon notes. You guys can keep up with it as we're going through this. Why? Because it's the word of God that makes a difference. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You want to perfect the saints? You want to grow in your faith? This is how we do it. By the way, this is for every age. Right now, you say, why is it important that kids go to church? Because they're hearing, we're doing the perfecting of the word of God to mold them, restore them, help them, build them, and lead them through the preaching and teaching of God's word. But there's a second part that we accomplish through the gathering of us on Sunday morning for for worship, and that is worship. Worship. See, we, we, we're to encourage each other through worship. Two main things that we do on Sunday. We preach the word and we have worship. If you notice, every Sunday we make a priority of that. Say, well, that's just done out of tradition. It's not done out of tradition. It's done out of command of the word of God. It's amazing how the Bible tells us so much about the perfecting of the saints in different ways. But one of the ways that we perfect or build up or, or illustrate the word of God is through worship. The Bible says in Psalm 49 verse 1, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song and praise him in the congregation of the saints. Here you guys are, the congregation of the saints. We gather together to hear a preacher, to, come, to hear and demonstrate the word of God, but at the same time of us doing that, you know what the Bible just said, we are to sing praises in the congregation of the saints. A lot of times we just go through the motions of this. Man, you guys really sang out today. I love that. We should do that. You know why? Because it's not about hype. It's about praising God. And the, the, when you start hearing the words of that song, it should stir your hearts. It should do something to your heart. It should do something to your mind. We're, when, when one soul gets saved, all of heaven rejoices. And we're talking about God conquering death, hell, and the grave as we're doing this. I love Psalms 98 verse 1. It says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for you have done marvelous, marvelous things. All the things that we're singing about is like, man, God is so awesome. It stirs our hearts. It reminds us of the goodness of God. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. Man, God's brought us through difficult things. If you have a bad week, I'm telling you this, and we all have bad weeks. You all get irritated. You all have down and out times, and just because of life is so hard. God brings us to this spot to minister to your hearts. Because sometimes, I'll tell you what, I don't want to be at church. Does anybody else ever feel that way? You guys are all lying. You're lying. There are some days I don't want to be here. And I'm the Pastor. Just because in my flesh, I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And sometimes I just get, just so I don't just want to do anything. And I, I get so frustrated in life and I don't have the energy. But let me tell you what happens. We walk into this room and we start singing. And God begins to speak to my heart and mind through the music. And by the time I get up to preach, I can't wait to do it. Because God's ministered to my heart and mind. And I begin to realize how marvelous are the works of my God. How great is my God. And I praise him for that. The Lord hath made known to his uh, his salvation. His righteousness is openly showed in the sight of the heathen. It says in verse 4, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Guys, I hope it doesn't make you nervous that sometimes we get a little loud in here. Do you guys notice that? We'll clap our hands. We'll sing hallelujah. We'll do this. You know what that's doing? It's rejoicing with what God has done. You know what we're doing? We're perfecting the saints. We're building them up. We do that by obeying the things that God has given us to do. Psalms 32, verse 11, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, be ye righteous, and shout for joy. Shout for joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Man, I, I, I can't keep it to myself. And I think sometimes if we're so consumed with what we're doing and what we have going on in our lives, we're more worried about where we're going to eat after church than we are about what we're singing. We're more frustrated over somebody that we were commenting about on Facebook than we are about what we're doing in church. Man, Satan hates the praise of God's people. We set those things aside because right now I just need to sing and talk and praise my God. And it ministers to our hearts. What we do on Sunday, we're bringing people to this first step and just say, man, I can take you to the Bible. It's the perfecting of the saints. It's edifying of the body of Christ. It's needed for you. It's needed for all of us to do this. It's a step. We worship together on Sunday for the perfecting of the saints. But there's a second part of this. Now, I told you guys, I'm going to I'm going to pull all these pieces together as we're doing this. Once God was ministering to Saul's life, God brought Ananias, and if you don't understand this, go back to the previous lessons that we did to understand this, or the message that we did. And God said, I have a plan for him. God had a plan to grow him in his faith. God had a plan him to build him up in his life. And God took a man named Ananias, walked into that door, knocked on Judas's door, walked in there and said, hey man, God has sent me, put his armor on him, literally called him brother in Christ brought him over, had dinner, and began to share life with him. Because the step one is, we, we, we come together for, on Sundays for worship, but the next thing is, we have to grow together in groups. We grow together in groups, or we grow together in discipleship. We have a purpose and a plan. You say, how, how does that make a difference? I'll keep reading, verse 16. Jump down to verse 16 in Ephesians chapter 4. From whom the whole body fitly joined together, come back to every joint, supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part. What does that do? Oh, it makes increase of the body into edifying itself in love. I mean, there's something that we're accomplishing through this, there's something that you need. People that get saved, and you that are saved, need people in your life. Every Saul needs an Ananias, every Paul needs a Barnabas. Every Paul needs a Timothy. All through the scripture, if you're gonna see God brings people into God, into their life to help them grow as Christians. We're not meant to walk alone. We're not meant to be alone. And I know I've already said this. Like I said, I'm just pulling the pieces together. Here's our purpose and plan for step two of bringing and building people's lives through groups to build relationships through fellowship. Notice verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. Can I show you the whole body? It's right here. It's online right now for those that are unable to be here but this is the body of Christ. Can I show you something cool about the body of Christ? Every part of the body of Christ is different. Don't ever look at one part of the body and look and I'm like, man, God could never use you. That's what they thought about Saul and they were dead wrong. Every person God brings in here has a different purpose for being here. Cuz the hand is not the foot, but I tell you the, the body would struggle without the hand having the foot and the foot having the hand. We all work together. God does that with the body of Christ. But this is what's cool about it. God said when it comes to the body of Christ, God formulated it this way. The hand was to be connected the wrist, to the arm, to the elbow, to the shoulder, all the way down. God created it that way. You were created to be connected. You were saved to be connected. And by the way, if you're not connected, wait for it. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> it's not what i was going to say but that's really good um if you're not connected you are disconnected and i have people all the time that will say this is like i just don't have friends are you connected well i am too busy for that well that's why you're disconnected <laughs> you have to be connected or you're disconnected and i promise you the body of christ cannot act right if your shoulders out of joint. it just doesn't work right And the Bible says this is the thing whom the whole body fitly joined together. It's key. It's connected. He brings us together to work together. It's important that we do this. Jesus walked with the 12 disciples. He he, he had connection with the 12 disciples. And along the way, their relationship changed. I love John 15, 15. And I've been using this. I taught this when I had an opportunity to preach to the the Emerge group a while back. And in John 15, 15, he says, henceforth, I call you not servants. Said, so for now on, I'm not calling you servants, for servants knoweth not what their Lord doeth. But I've called you friends. Isn't that cool? God said, I brought you so close into my life that the relationship has changed. You know what? The Bible says that he had had friends, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Fellowship means that you have friends. A connection, a bond is important. The purpose of this step is to build relationships because you need people in your life. And we have to have an avenue and a plan. Number two, to help each other grow through teaching each other. The Bible says in that verse 16, it says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted, by which every joint supplieth. Do you guys realize that my hand has blood because it flows from one part to the next part to the next part to the next part. And then it goes from there to the next part to the next part all the way. And that's how God created the body of the bee. And he's using that physical illustration of what you have had and what you learned. And what goes through the you goes to the next to the next to the next. Everything that you have. And a lot of times we sit there and say, man, we need to grow as Christians. Yes, you do. You need to be in under preaching. The Bible says that. But you understand also that God uses this relationship going this way as much as he does this way. Let me prove this. How many of you have been married more than 20 years? Raise your hand right now. Wow, that's, that's probably a third of the sanctuary right now. Do you guys realize that God has blessed you with knowledge, experience to pass on, and testimony to pass on to the next one? There's people right now that have been married 5, 10 years, that are having kids and stuff like, what do I do? Because it's not easy. It's not. And the one that's over here on this walk of God, they're able to sit there and say, hey, we have a connection. Let me show you what God taught me. We have an obligation to teach each other along the way. That's what we do. That's why we have husbands that teach husbands and moms that teach moms and grandmas that help with grandmas. We Pass it on. Third thing that we do is we care for people through this connection. It says in the last part of verse 16, the effectual working in the measure of every part. It works the effectual working, it, literally the healing that it brings, the support that it brings, the strength that it brings. The result of this is connection, and connection brings fellowship, and fellowship brings strength. It's not weak. I love this because of the matter of God has a plan for this. So I'm going to, tonight, um, <clears throat> I, I have my life group tonight. It's, it's a group It's different than this I'm coming to this, I'm part of this, I worship with you guys, I'm I'm, I'm part of the study and the word of God as we do this together, but tonight we're doing something different. I I have a group, we're going to come together on Sunday nights, and it's it's part of our life group, and all those that are part of this understand what I'm talking about right now. We're going to have dinner together, we're going to sit around, we're going to talk. When we're done with dinner, we're going to get into a deep conversation. We're going to hit it hard tonight on the topic of marriage and communication, because we've realized this a lot of couples don't truly emotionally connect when they talk. And I'm telling you right now that there's some of you sitting there saying, yeah, we don't do that either. I know, it's, it's hard. And a lot of times I can't preach on these subjects just in here, and there's a lot of things that I can't talk about in the connection of being able to go around the room and that. So we're going to get into this topic tonight. We're going to hit it hard. We're holding each other accountable The Bible says that there should be a bond or connection between God's people. A deeper connection between just uh, fellowship of Christians as a bond of a husband and wife. And he says in that passage, he says, You are now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We don't bond like we should be as couples. So we're going to do this study tonight about talking about how we don't emotionally talk to each other the way that God created us to do according to Genesis chapter 2 and 3. Now some of you are sitting here right now saying, I, I need that. You do need that. I need that. I mean, me and Jenny started this live group and started talking through this because we need that. And there's a lot of things that you need and the singles need and the teens need and parents need and grandparents need that you're not getting Because you're not connected in such a way to allow other people to speak into your life. It's important. And I feel like a lot of times we're failing in so many areas of ministry and life because we leave out. God says, I put it in there. Well, I'm fine. I just attend church. Praise God you attend church. But Jesus walked out of feeding the 5,000 and preaching on the sidelines and, and standing before them and giving the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 6, 7, and 8. And then he walked away with 12 and says, hey guys, let's go serve somewhere else. And he went through life with other people. The perfecting of the saints. We're going to accomplish through two avenues of our church. Sunday morning worship and connecting through groups and growing through groups. But there's a thing that it produces. Back to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12. I need you guys to help me, okay? I need you to help me with this word because I know it's a four-letter word. We don't like saying this, but we're going to say it really loud in church. You guys Ready? For the perfecting of the saints and for the what? Of the ministry. For the work of the ministry. Do you guys know why we perfect saints? Do you guys know why we educate, restore, build up, and why we have to have an avenue? It can't just be like, grow in Jesus. Okay, what does that mean? Come to church on Sunday and we'll show you. Come to a group and we're going to show you. We're going to perfect the saints. We have an avenue. We have a plan. We're going to do it together. If you don't, you're not connected to a group, get on the church center app. And you say, right now it's a weird time. I know. And if you're not involved in a group, plan to be involved in a group because you need to be involved with other people. If you're not involved in Sunday morning, man, plan to be involved in Sunday morning because we need you perfected because there's a job to be done for the work of the ministry. Ministry is the execution of the things of God into other people's lives. Ministry is what comes out of those that have been perfected in their lives. It's important that we understand this. We serve together on ministry teams. It's step three. And I'm not even saying that this has to be one, two, three that we do. But I am saying that there needs to be a plan that the church puts together. Because we have people walking in going, what do I do? Where do I grow? How how do I grow? How How do I get involved? Here's our plan and purpose for this. We help others discover their spiritual gift. Now this is cool. God had a plan. I'm going to give you a flashback of this. So when God was calling Ananias to minister to Saul, he said this. He said, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. God had a plan for him. You guys understand, and let me just tell you, and I'm not going to go in deep into all this, but there's a lot of churches failing and dying today, and I'm not just saying that like, oh, we're great and they're not, or anything like that. Don't even think that way whatsoever. The way that churches grow or die is according to what they do with the word of God. You cannot grow and thrive as a church and leave out the obedience of God's word. It doesn't work that way. It cannot work that way. We must Know it, live it, obey it, and do it. We have to. So the idea is, if we're going to have more perfecting of the saints, if we're going to have more worship, if we're going to have more preaching, if we're going to have more groups and more discipleship, we've got to multiply ourselves by allowing those that come out of there to do the work of the ministry. Do you guys get that? If you've been saved five, ten years, praise God for that, but you've got an obligation that now God's giving you. Now let me show you how this works. Verse 7. Ephesians 4, verse 7, he says, But unto every one of us, nobody's left out. Nobody is left out. Is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, he ascended upon, upon high and loved captive, captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He not only set you free, he equipped you to set others free. He not only rescued you, he prepared you for something. He's got a plan for your life. God equips us to do the work. Now, every one of us was given spiritual gifts, and you might not know what that is. Maybe that's the first part that you need to understand what it is. Some of you have the gift of mercy. If you swayed it, you know, if you, if you get frustrated with people, if you get aggravated with things, if you have road rage, you probably don't have the gift of mercy, Okay? And I know some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. People just frustrate me. Probably don't have the gift of mercy, but some of you have the gift of giving. Man, you just see that and says, man, let me step into that situation. Let me be a help in some way. I know people that are here right now that have that gift. Some of it's a gift of administration. Some of it's a gift of teaching. But I promise you this, God didn't leave you empty. God has a plan for you, and God equips you to do the work. But here's the second part. God not only leads them to their spiritual gifts, We all serve the Lord in ministry. Did you notice the word all in there? Got that from verse 7 of this passage? He said in verse 16 at the end, the effectual working of the measure of every part. I know we were applying that to this, that you're in a group, we minister to one another, but I'll tell you, God within all of these things, he has us work. Now, I'm just going to be real and honest with you. you. Guys, listen to me for just a minute. I'm going to ask you guys some questions. We're going to do a survey. You guys can comment online if you're watching online. But I need some serious questions. We talked last week about conviction. I'm going to ask you guys a hard question. I want you to raise your hand or say amen at the end of this. Do you believe that there is a true hell that people go without Jesus Christ in their life? Say amen or I'm raise your hand. Do you believe that Jesus Christ truly came from above in the form of Jesus Christ, died on the cross to set us free. Do you believe that? Say amen or raise your hand. Amen. What are you doing with that? I just asked you if you have the hope to rescue people from eternal damnation in hell. What are you doing with it? Well, I'm just enjoying life. I'm just going through the motions, I'm just, I'm here. You see, you know that because somebody took the time to preach the gospel to you, to edify, to disciple you, and now you have an obligation and responsibility with what God has given you. We do the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And I'm telling you this because every single one of us here have a calling. And now you just say, Pastor Tony, with my age and where I'm at in life and everything like that, I just can't do it. I understand that. But every one of us, can, you can be part of a prayer team from, from your bedside. If you can't get out of your house, you can be a part of the prayer team from your bedside. Or you can come here and use your talents and your passions and your gifting, whatever you have, to be on this stage. Let me tell you, with every ministry that we do, there should be a line of people wanting to get in on it you know why? Because God saved you and called you and equipped you and lifted you up to do something with it. We're not saved to sit. We're saved to serve. We serve the master. We've got a calling on our life. We have a purpose and ability. And a lot of people just say, I don't feel fulfilled in my life because you're not fulfilled in your life because you've got the head knowledge and you've got been saved, but you're not doing anything with it. It's what we do. See, talk is cheap, but when we begin to do something with it and begin to apply it to our lives, that's what makes the difference. But see, verse 12 again, and I'll wrap it up with this last step. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, that work has two applications to it. There's the work of of applying. Because I tell you, somebody, in order to perfect the saints, after God's done that, we also have this step that now you become the Ananias, where you step in, and you become a life group leader. You step into the first step, and you use your talents to be on the stage, to play instruments, to sing in there, to run lines. to make computers happen, to run security, do all these things, to minister. You know why? Because you're also part of the process of perfecting the saints. You're also part of the process of perfecting the saints. We're part of this. We're all growing. But along the way, as we follow Christ, people are following us and we lead them along. But you have an obligation and a responsibility. And I'm just saying this. If you are not serving God with your time, talents, and your abilities in your life, you are missing out. But you're also robbing the church. If you're the body of Christ and you're the arm. And I've got to carry something? Think about that. I'm not doing anything. It doesn't work that way. Because that body of Christ needs both arms to be active because God didn't bring you here for an accident. God brought you here to be part of the body of Christ to carry it out. But the work that Jesus was talking about, Jesus said this, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day because the night cometh when no man can work. Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So the idea of the working is not just working in here, but it's going out there. So here, let me walk you through these steps. We come together and worship on Sunday morning for the perfecting of the saints. We gather in groups for fellowship and mentorship and teaching and care for one another for the perfecting of the saints. We use our time and our talents and our treasures and the things and the abilities and our spiritual gifts to edify, to build up and to make a difference, to accomplish those things as I grow as a Christian. Those are three steps. I serve on a ministry team, but then I also go together on a mission because we are all on a mission. Now let me break this down to you in two simple steps, and we've already done this, so I'm not going to go long. We help people find Jesus, which literally means if they're lost, we have to go out there and help them. And a lot of us right now with those flyers that we have, that's a way that we can do that. We have the Easter egg hunt for our community. We're about to do that. That's important. We have food drives that we do. And we have ways to be able to just walk in somebody's yard and rake their leaves and knock on their door and show them the love of Jesus Christ. But the thing that we do is we have to G-O, we have to go. That's what he was saying in that passage. He said, if you have it, you must share it. And the only way to give it is you have to go. This is important for us. I love this. Watch it all come together, okay? I'm going to wrap this up as we go. We go together on this mission. We help people find Jesus. That's the mission of going. But we also help people follow Jesus. We pull them into our family. This is what we do. Verse 12 again. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, leads us to the edifying of the body of Christ. Two things that happen with that. There's the edifying. There's two different. It's building up of me as a Christian. It builds me up. It makes me stronger. It makes me better. As a father, as a husband, as a leader, you spiritually weak and falling apart, go back to step one. Do you have step two? Are you applying step three? Because you were building yourself up. That's what we do. Spiritually mature Christians that are serving and doing the things that God's called us to do. And sometimes along the way, it's just like, I just show up. Praise God for that. I'm glad you're here, but you're missing out. Because there's other things in the Bible that you should be doing, so here's what happens: as we're out here, we're reaching people and we're helping them serve Jesus Christ and we're telling them about Jesus and we invite them in or whatever. Watch what happens, man. They get saved. Man, I didn't know this, but tell I'll tell you this, man. I've got back I've got a background that I'm ashamed of. I have addictions in my life and nobody even knows about. My marriage is falling apart. I'm struggling in this way and that way, and I tell you, I just don't know what to do. It's all right. Come with me. We worship in this spot. And let me show you what we do. We're going to hear the word of God this morning. And it's going to change your life. Because the perfecting of the saints restores, rebuilds, edifies, strengthens, and makes them better. That's what it does. Man, I don't know if God even loves me. Stand and sing this song. Oh, wow. Wow. That's for me, too. Yeah, that's for you, too. But, man, I tell you, I got off track because I was, I got in the world, and, man, I just don't want to be alone. No problem. Let me show you this. We have dinner. We come together. We have this group. We have friends. I'm going to text you this week. I'm going to call you this week. I'm going to, we're going to study. Where are you at in your life? Or whatever, man, me and my wife are struggling. No problem. We're doing a study, and it's important. You can ask questions or whatever. But, man, with all this that I'm learning, what do I do with it? Hey, No problem come with me. You realize that God created you with a purpose and a plan? You realize that God gave you abilities and, man, I had no idea. And it's so exciting to lead kids to Christ. And it's so exciting to be on a worship team. And it's so exciting to play an instrument for God and not just in a club. You realize that God gave you that ability to bring glory to God. But that's great. Man, I've got friends. I wish they knew about Jesus Christ too. I wish they had what I had, no problem, because we go together on a mission. And by the way, if you want to reach them, I'll help you reach them. And then there's another one, and here it is. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yeah. He's going to build something that is strong. He's going to build something that lasts. He's going to build something through us and in us. It's called the ecclesia, it's called the church, it's you and it's me, and God had a plan for it. God had a plan for it. And we can sit around and talk all day long. We can talk about programs and we can talk about what we should be doing. But I tell you what, I wanna be a church that helps people grow in their faith and say, let me show you where to start. And this is your step and this is what's next. And this is what God wants to do with you because I promise you the word of God